And Father, we also pray for Paul as he comes to speak with us now. Lord, give him uh, clarity and sensitivity to you as he opens secrets from your word to us. Amen. Morning, everyone. So, um, let's start. So, this is going to be the start of a new series that is going to happen for the next three months. Um, what we're going to be doing over the next three months is looking at various encounters that Jesus had with various people. And what we're going to learn from that is what was Jesus um, revealing about himself or revealing about the nature of God's kingdom and also how did that apply to the actual person. So over the next three months, we're going to be going through and having um, a number of people, various speakers come up and speak about those various encounters. So, I'd like you all to turn to Luke 19, verse 1, please. So, Luke 19, verse 1. So, my um, particular thing I'm going to talk about is the encounter that Jesus had with Zacchaeus. Um, I'm sure it is one of those stories that is often uh, portrayed or Given uh, in Sunday school, uh, it's one of those things, the kiss in the tree. I'm sure there's little kids' songs about it. Um, so I think many people will have come across this over many, many times. So let's read Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. So Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, before I go in and talk about the actual story, there's a couple of things that I want to look in terms of background. So the first thing to understand is uh, the context of where this is at, and that's Jericho. So Jericho was one, uh, at the particular time, was a very prosperous city. It was a city where there was lots and lots of trade from the east and the west coming through. Now, what that meant was that because there were lots of trade coming through, there were lots of wealthy people in the area, and that's going to come up a little bit later when we look at the role Zacchaeus had. So, Zacchaeus. Now, a couple of things that I want to just draw up about Zacchaeus. It says Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. Now, when I was looking into it, the way that the Romans set up the tax system was that they would say to the tax collectors, um, you have to collect a certain amount of tax. 
then they would say, any extra that you charged, you get to keep. So the Romans would say, okay, you need to collect 15% tax. So the idea of the tax collectors, they would collect 15%. But the incentive was placed on them that if you, say, collected 30%, you get to keep that 15%. So it's a little bit sly underhand, but also it's basically rife for corruption. And Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. So he wouldn't have just been the one person. He would have had a number of people underneath him basically siphoning money up to him and collecting it. Now, the next thing that we want to look at is Jesus. So Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, okay? One week's time or 10 days' time is when the whole process of um, the crucifixion is going to take place. So this is at the trail end. I also, um, if you want to quickly just flick back to Luke 18, because there's two things that Jesus talks about in Luke 18 that I think also are a little bit important in understanding the context of what happened. So in Luke 18, 9, 14, we have the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Now, of course, having corrupted tax collectors means that the average Jewish person is going to really, really hate these people. They're not going to associate with them. They're not going to treat them in any shape or form like they're their best friends. So people who were tax collectors and chief tax collectors are not going to be able to be invited over for dinners, not going to be invited. I'm sure as they go down, they would have been sneered upon, maybe spat upon, not something that's held in high regard. And in Luke 18, Jesus gives the parable, and we see the Pharisee who would have been in the Jewish system held at the highest pinnacle point. You're These are the people to admire and look up to. And we see the Pharisees stand out, pray aloud, boast about what they've done, and they're not in any shape or form like this lowly peasant tax collector over there. And then Jesus contrasts it with the tax collector who stands at a distance, doesn't even look up, so ashamed that declares that he is... uh, a sinner who desires mercy. And Jesus says, this person actually is the one that has the right attitude, not the Pharisee. And then we have the idea of, in Luke 18, 18 to 25, we have the story of the rich ruler. And the rich ruler comes to Jesus, loads and loads of money, says, what's the important things for internal life? And Jesus says, to do all the commandments. And the rich ruler says, yep, I've done all that. And then Jesus says, give away to the poor. And the rich ruler turns away and says, I can't do that because I've got so much. Now, I think those are preceding this particular story. And I think that's important to see um, because I think the idea is that what Jesus has come, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit a little more about this, what Jesus was wanting to say to the people in that area um, lines up with what's mentioned in Luke 18. So let's have a look at each of these verse by verse. So let's start off, we've already talked about the, the idea of Zacchaeus being a chief tax collector. Let's look at verse 3. 
So verse 3 says, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowds. Now, I must admit, I don't have this problem. Uh, I am able to easily see over a crowd, so I have to try and think of... Uh, my wife is much, much smaller than me, and so anyone who's short will know the problem is that when you're in a large crowd, it's very, very hard to see over people. So the idea is that he was shunned upon, uh, looked down upon uh, physically, but also metaphorically in the fact that people would have looked down on him. He's the chief tax collector. He's corrupt. He's rife. I'm not going to associate with him. And the idea is that because he was short of stature, he had to come up with another way. So this is where we go to verse 4. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Now, the thing that I really uh, liked about what's going on here is that Zacchaeus was probably at some stage have heard about Jesus. Now, when I was going through and looking at this, people were saying about, well, he might have heard about Lazarus rising from the dead. He might have heard some of the miracles. He might have heard something that Jesus did. And he was keen to find out who this Jesus was. Now, he was met with a stumbling block that he couldn't see it because he's short of stature, but he persisted. And that's something to think about in that his persistence in wanting to seek Jesus, not just basically giving up at the first hurdle. Now, because he's a wealthy person, it would have been frowned upon, considered not the norm for a wealthy person to climb a tree. That's probably the consideration. It's that peasants, lowly people, yes, you can climb a tree, but not the wealthy people. But in line with the fact that Zacchaeus was already shunned by society, I think he's basically had nothing left to lose. He's short, can't see. His heart is desiring to see Jesus. So he goes, runs ahead, and looks up. And really coming to the point of wanting to see who this Jesus was. Now, again, this is my interpretation. I don't know, but I'm sure Zacchaeus is in that tree thinking, if I can just see him and look at what he looks like, that will be enough. And so he's in that tree, and he can see in the distance, oh, that looks like everyone's looking at that guy in the distance. That distance, well, maybe that's Jesus. And he's looking, oh, that, that guy, Jesus, he's coming and at some point, I'm sure Zacchaeus is going, oh, he's walking towards this tree. This is a really good spot that I've got. He's going to walk right underneath this tree, and I'll be able to see him. And then Jesus does something that probably really blows Zacchaeus's mind. So verse 5 says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house tonight, today. There are a number of things that Jesus did here that stand out. Firstly, Jesus probably had to move through the crowd. Now, basic law of road building is that you don't build a road where the tree is right in the middle. So the road would have had to be 
fairly maybe two or three meters from where the tree was. So I'm sure Jesus is walking down the road and then at some point decides to veer off the road through the crowd and the crowd's going, uh, what are you doing? The road's that way. But it's the fact that Jesus is willing to push through the crowd to basically meet Zacchaeus. Second thing Jesus does is he looks up at Zacchaeus. Probably one of the first times that you will have had, Zacchaeus had look up. Now, I experienced this uh, sometime uh, in the summer, my, uh, one of, when I went back to Australia. Uh, one of my um, nephews, taller than me, now I'm six foot two and a half, most people, when I talk to them, I look down at them. But here, I was looking up at him. And it was one of those really weird things, looking up and talking like this to someone. Now, I'm sure if you're someone who is short of stature, it's something you do all the time. But Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus. And I'm sure as Zacchaeus was looking in the face of Jesus, he was able to see the love that Jesus had for Zacchaeus. And then Jesus did something that was even more amazing. He called Zacchaeus by his name. Now, in those times, saying someone's name is significant. It's not just, hey, you, get down from the tree. I need to stay with you. It's saying his name. And that's what Jesus is all about. Jesus is all about knowing who we are, knowing what we've been through, knowing what sort of things we've faced, and speaking our name has significance. And so as Jesus speaks his names, there's going to be an element of love. Jesus walks in love. And as Zacchaeus probably, for the first time in a number of years, heard his name spoken in love not disdain, jeering, or disgust. And so, the next thing that happens is that Jesus says he needs to come down immediately. Now, the interesting thing is, is that this is a choice that Zacchaeus now has. He has to make a decision. Jesus has come. He has spoken his name. He's looked up. He's got his eyes of love towards Zacchaeus. He's given an invitation, and then Zacchaeus has to make a response. Zacchaeus could have stayed in that tree, and the situation would have passed by. If we think back at Luke 18, the rich young ruler would have had the same situation, looked in the heart and the eyes of Jesus, but that rich ruler made a decision which was, I'm not going to accept that invitation. I'm not going to follow Jesus. Now, what happens is that we now have a situation where Zacchaeus comes down. He's going to not just have a quick chat with Jesus, but Jesus has actually offered the invitation to stay at his house, which means fellowship, meal, connection, encounter with Jesus. And then what we have is verse 6. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, this is where we have the third group of people involved. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now, as I said before, 
these tax collectors were not held in high regard. They would have been the scum of the Jewish society, looked down, frowned upon. But this is where Jesus is basically, one, meeting the need of someone who is lost, but also having an agenda of this is why I'm here. And if we look a little bit later, we can see the role that Jesus has. Now, I'm sure as, Jesus, as Zacchaeus sorry, responds, receives Jesus, there is a change of heart that's taking place. One, he's had this encounter with Jesus. Two, Jesus wants to spend time with him. And I'm sure in that moment, there's a change that's happening in Zacchaeus' life as a result of the invitation. Jesus comes to seek out Zacchaeus. Jesus comes to seek out, and Zacchaeus responds. As a result of that, there's a change and a shift. And Zacchaeus responds and says, um, verse 8, stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated out anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times. There's a response that Zacchaeus has. And then in verse 9 and 10, this is the key thing that Jesus is wanting to say to the crowd. Today's salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is what Jesus came, not to save those people who are held in high regard. Not the Pharisees, not just them but those that are lost, those that are at the lowest of the low. That's the role that Jesus came. So when he died on the cross, he provided a way for all, not just a select group of people who can do it on their own, but for all of those to be able to come to the place of being reconciled with God. So how can we apply this for us? What can we learn about a number of things? So, firstly, we put the questions up. So, what can we learn about Jesus in this particular situation? What can we learn about Jesus, either about the meeting with Zacchaeus or what Jesus has said to the crowd as a result of this? The second thing is, is how can we use the way that Jesus related to Zacchaeus when we encounter people all the time. I'm sure when we encounter someone for the first time, of course, we probably start off with, hello, what's your name? Okay. Uh, we might start off with, what do you do for a living? But the key thing is, is that by looking at the example that Jesus had in this particular place, what can we use to apply it when we encounter people? When we encounter someone, how can we apply what Jesus has done in this situation? Now, I'm not going to tell you the answer because I want you to think about that in the groups that we're going to set up now. So, folks, if I could get you into groups or organize your chairs around. We'll have about five, six, seven minutes just to talk and discuss about those two questions. So number one, what does this story reveal to you about Jesus? Number two, how does Jesus' interaction with Zacchaeus help you with those you have to interact with?
We'll do it for about five, six minutes, and then I will finish up. Okay? Thanks.